Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode I'm calling Resilience for Codependence and Those Experiencing Adult Hardships. So it's actually for everybody, it's not just for codependents, but I threw that in there because I feel like that's something that a lot of people who are codependent go through. They go through kind of difficult, painful, stressful feelings of panic kind of on an average basis. So that's the uh, the reason I threw that in there. So when we don't feel safe, we tend to panic, especially if you lack the innate knowledge that you will be okay. When external events happen that take our sense of safety away, it can lead you to a state of intense suffering that then deepens into a state of hopelessness. And this is when external hardship is really damaging. However, you can foster an innate sense of resilience by practicing steps and thoughts despite yourself. So if you're in that state or if you want to preempt it, this is for you. So as usual, there are three parts. The what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the what. Intense feelings of suffering and panic. Intense feelings of devastation. Intense feelings of powerlessness in the face of difficult circumstances. And or intense periods of stress. And being resilient means all of those things with the ability to move through it and grow stronger as a result of it. So resilience, as I'm referring to it, is the ability to help yourself and focus on the treading of the water versus the feeling of panic you feel about being in the water. So people who talk about resilience nowadays look at it in terms of those who are able to maintain a positive mindset despite the challenges they encounter. And they move through hardship and they feel empowered and they see themselves as strong versus weak and a victim. So this is truly the most major factor in how life affects you and how it changes you. Your opinion of what is happening to you and your ability to take action, which is kind of dictated by that in many ways. So if you are a codependent, you likely experience a lot of feelings of panic and worry, especially around external life events or external situations, like the actions and feelings of others. So if you're listening, you might simply be experiencing an excruciating life event and you are not, in fact, a codependent. So if you don't even know what that term means, it's cool. Know that this is applicable to you as well. So when you hurt really badly and things suck, 
you start to think, oh, my God, things suck. And life becomes more defined by that feeling. So that's when you start to grow a sense of gray, like a film over your brain. And that is when you can start to dig the hole deeper, kind of redefining everything else as dire or dangerous or less than. And then the world becomes kind of a dark, depressing place. So for many, external hardship is how you lose your personal power and eventually hope. And it's not just hardship. It could be also be stress and challenges that come your way, like when you can't meet your, meet your basic needs for a certain period of time. That can just tip your balance so you can't see things for what they are anymore. So here's the thing. If you are a person who experiences a lot of suffering over feelings of powerlessness in a specific situation, it is, this, this is still something you can actively shift in its level of effect on you. And what happens is when you practice this shift in your mind and in the steps you take, over time, you get better at it. And eventually, you only suffer for a few moments versus days or weeks. Like it becomes a routine drill. Oh, yeah, I've been here before. I have to enact steps one through five. There are some simple tweaks and reminders that you can do to kind of like, it's like remembering how to apply, you know, the burn cream and then the ice. It's like the same kind of thing. It becomes like a practice. And then you hone it. And with time, it can be something you get good at. And then your triggers actually weaken over the years. So just remember that. It's a practice. Part two, the why. People who, ha who have resilience in certain difficult situations are kind of tuned to see their own power versus their external limits. It's also an innate focus that creates a physiological reaction, which catalyzes your actions following. For example, if you're feeling intense panic, you will not be able to act according to your wisest awareness. Like it'll block out a lot of access to information just because you're in that physical state. So why do people have these two different responses? Well, we have a confirmation bias that only lets us see what we already believe. So it's kind of like our filter. You can do an experiment to test this out. Just Google beanbag chair. So whatever image comes up, this will conjure specific meaning for you. So maybe it thinks, makes you think of the chair you had in junior high. Or maybe it makes you think of a crappy sitcom set. Or maybe it makes you think of the beads inside the chair and how messy they are. My point is, what an object means to everyone is different. It has all sorts of memories and filters attached to it. So now apply that same exact process to something emotional, and it's like a bajillion times stronger. We do this filtering with everything, including moments, interactions, conversations, and the emotions of others. So we also do this super intensely when it comes to highly emotionally charged things like danger or peril or loss or powerlessness. These are objects in a way, and they conjure supercharged memories and beliefs and feelings for us. And often there are feelings we had in the past. 
And sometimes that means they bring up the tools we don't have and how actually in danger we were. For example, if we didn't get a lot of practice early on in childhood or in life in feeling okay with things that are big and scary, then we will be at a great disadvantage in the face of hardship. A lot of the suffering comes down to feeling like the threat will kill us or bring us an indeterminate amount of future suffering. So when it comes to the non-codependent kind of suffering, a lot of it also comes from genetics. So if you are a person who is just a more sensitive, vulnerable person, hardship can be intensely difficult to handle just because of your kind of innate traits as a person. Much harder than for somebody else who's, I guess, decidedly more extroverted or aggressive. So that's kind of the background on who might suffer. Now, why would someone who suffers be able to build up new resilience via their actions during this adult hardship? Well, because we are malleable. And despite old habits, we can train ourselves thanks to neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. And that's what kind of this podcast is all about. It's practicing new habits to undo the old mental muscle memory. So here's why you can help yourself in the moments of your suffering. Context. Context is everything. And often, all it takes is just a gentle reminder, that, and that will just lift the intensity of the pain. It's like remembering to turn around and see that there's a door behind you, and you're not, in fact, locked, blocked into this room. So that's kind of what I want to give you some specific tools for today. Countless studies show that the same events, events affect people differently depending on just how they integrate them into their lives. And the tools they use are not ginormous. They're just, they're very basic. So I want to focus on those key differentiating factors in how people manage those experiences. And scientists who study stress and resilience, they say it's really important to just look at resilience as a muscle. It's something that you can start using. You can practice it. And you can do that at any time in your life. And the more you do it, the more it just it speeds up your emotional recovery. So with that, here's part three, the tools. So the first tool I have, I'm calling um, use this as an experiment. So in the moment we are experiencing that sense of panic and overwhelm over something outside of us, we go into a narrative. Whatever it is, it's usually an old narrative of what that thing means. And I want you to actually mark it down as though it's an experiment. Like take little notes. Mark it down on your calendar. This is how I feel today. This is what my brain is telling me is going to happen. Because... A lot of the feeling we have makes us think it's going to be a really long, dramatic, terrible ride. And what if it's actually short? What if it's actually not going to be that bad, at, you know, when you wake up in the morning? When it comes to, for example, a person outside of you, like a person that we're terrified is going to make things terrible or things are going to be catalyzed that are terrible, it's the narration 
that we create around this thing that creates the bulk of the experience. So I want you to just treat whatever it is as an experiment to witness how drastically different your anticipation of the pain is and the length of the duration of the pain from reality. Just notate. It might be, you know, I have no idea what will come out of this, but I would guess that whatever your expectations are, are out of an alignment with what is. So just mark it down. How I feel today, what I think is going to come, and then take notes about what actually happens in the coming days. It's the first tool. And the point of that is to actually see the reality. And I'm, I'm guessing, I'm assuming, I believe you'll see how far off your expectations are. My second tool, there's a fire alarm, but is there a fire? Okay, so this is really, this should have been the first tool. <clears throat> In the moment, you're, the first question I want you to ask yourself is can I do anything? Can you survive right now without acting in any shape or form? Is this just a fire alarm that's sounding? Remember what is out of your control. And when we get that first feeling of like overwhelming panic, the most uh, potent part of this experience is the feeling and the thinking we do around it. So I want you to just ask yourself simply, can I change this? Is there anything I can do to affect this? Am I powerless in this situation? So if, if this is another person and their actions, the answer is no. A lot of the time we think we can do something. If we just, you know, text enough or focus enough, like, or worry enough, then we'll do something. But that is not in your control. The actions of another person are not ever in your control. So anyway, ask yourself, after that, once you realize there's nothing you can do, there is no fire to put out, next I want you to ask yourself, how can I help myself alleviate the suffering I am causing myself? What are, what are the, any practices you can do? Maybe that is just calling a friend, getting on the treadmill, taking a walk around the block, distracting, redirecting your focus. And honestly, the best first step I want you to take, something to do with self-care. If you have a book you can read that's empowering, that's perfect. Because we create the majority of our anguish and the anticipation and panic over what something means. And often when it really sucks really badly, even in reality, like let's say, you know, if it's a terrible life event and things are really fucking terrible, we can still soften into that the facts. We don't have to mentally battle it. The battling and the resistance are what creates our sense of intense suffering. So can, when we can instead acknowledge what is out of our control and just be like, I want to accept this, I want to accept this, that's when suddenly you can breathe through it like labor. Like you can accept what is and you can just start to just process it and grieve. That is where the actual pain isn't so overwhelming. It's, I mean, it's intense, but it's not like the feeling of panic. It's just pain. And you can start to move through it and that's when you can actually soothe. It's only when you allow that to, 
to come through, that pain to come through, not the resistance. My next tool, let the light sterilize it. So in other words, discuss memories. Talk about these things. Talk about the things that hurt you, that cause you pain. Just like the sun dries things out, talking about something helps you integrate it. So when you're ready, don't force it. Like if something's too raw and you can't actually get it out of your body, don't force it. But discuss these things with others. Not, you know, positive things, but also the really difficult things. And even if you think you've talked about it in your own mind or in your journal, when you talk about something with somebody else, it helps you to make sense of things, to say them aloud. Just you saying that out loud is such a huge process part of the processing. It's like suddenly you can see this thing like a three-dimensional object. It's like you pushed a chair into the middle of the room versus sitting on it. You will see so much new information and things will just start to make more sense when they're outside of you. And it wouldn't have otherwise presented itself staying inside or staying in that internal voice. My next tool, recognize the story and recognize the hero. So this is about reframing whatever you have been through and making sure you are the hero. So if you're not wearing the hero costume, it means you have to rewrite your version of this story. So think of this event, whatever it is, whatever hardship you're going through, I want you to label it as a portal to great strength. This darkness is a path to something great that you have overcome, that you are championing, and that you are moving through actively. You actually get to shape the narrative that you are going to repeat to yourself and to others. So just start by writing the actual story and then rehearse it in your mind. And this, it seems like it's artificial, but like quite literally, if you consciously choose a new story and you continually repeat that story, that becomes the truth. It's like eventually you, you forget what the original version of the story was. It, re, it will rewrite the way you integrate it into your body. And this is actually how it can make you more resilient. It can actually make you physically react to this experience in a more positive way. So I want you to look at, at this experience and how it is affecting you and whatever it is, tweak it so that you are the hero. You have overcome something that was very challenging and you are not the victim. You are not the one that was so poor and so victimized and so helpless. You are the one that like championed this shit and you are a baller. The next tool I'm calling yell at the monsters. In other words... Invite that stress. <laughs> so what I mean by yelling at monsters is like, when I was little, I would go in the basement and it would be like that, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, but I'm like about to scream. So I would be like yelling at the monsters, like, ha, 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 I'm not afraid of you. And the louder you talk, it's like the more you kind of embolden yourself. So I want you to do this with stress. In the moments you're in stress, this is like a way to reframe it. Basically taunt it, laugh at it, confront it internally, and kind of acknowledge, like, 
yep, I'm fucking doing it. It's really, really stressful. And, like, deliberately make it into something lighthearted and um, doable and nothing more. It's just something ridiculous that you must move through. Like, yeah, this is really fucking overwhelming. I'm moving through it. It's pretty gnarly. But keep that attitude of bring it on. Let's fucking see how crazy it can get. It's about deliberately maintaining that kind of um, positive attitude because stress is so incredibly toxic to your body and your mind when it is perceived as harmful. So you, it's like noticing that it's you're being received by your body as something threatening and then choosing to look upon it as like, well, let's fucking do this, like bring it on as a good thing. So this this tweaking of just reframing it in your mind in the moment is just, it's similar to practicing a new kind of workout. It's like a, t- a new kind of, you know, crunch. It's like using a different muscle and it will build it up over time. My next tool, don't put your name on it. Like people's underwear in elementary school. <laughs> just don't put that label on this thing. We all have a kind of a tendency to blame ourselves for things. Like we, th- we get stuck on the things that we think we should have done differently. And that's where we fixate. That's We stick a label on. We're like, ah, oh, that's the thing I didn't do. That's the thing I did blank. And that is actually an instinct coming from a good place. It's like we want to empower ourselves in these things. We want to feel like we were active somehow or that we had some kind of control, but we don't. So just remind yourself that all of the things that had to align for this thing to happen are out of your control. You have to stop focusing. You have to take your name off of the thing and instead focus on what is helpful to you. So in the act of just depersonalizing an event, just remembering yourself, reminding yourself to let go, just reminding yourself to like, remove um, all of the story, the meaning you have, you've created around it, just allows it to become something that's like a little less potent, a little less powerful. It doesn't have to have that weight related to you. It doesn't have to be defined by you. The next tool, (laughs) I'm just calling remember that time you did awesome. So in the moment you're suffering and in the moment you're um, maybe feeling overwhelmed or powerless, I want you to, this is going to sound like a backwards type of thing to do, but I want you to look back, remember a, a moment in your life when you had to do something really, you had to move through something that was really fucking painful and really difficult that was so hard. And take yourself back to that time and then kind of retrace how you overcame that. Know that that is a natural sense of resilience and power that you still have today more so. You went through that experience and you have that power inside you. You are very strong and that instance is proof to that. So you should feel proud of yourself. And just even in this feeling of pain and powerlessness, remember that still exists inside of you. 
you still have that. That person is not gone. That person, you can never unknow something like that. So it's just reminding yourself, I am strong and I will get through this. I've done it before. I've been here before. I just have to allow myself time to gather strength. My next tool I'm calling take a highlighter to it. So in the moments when you feel um, or when you see, when you can see that the opposite is true, I want you to basically highlight it in your mind. Make a mental note. So I think when we get into a state of um, feeling like things are terrible or things are going to be so bad and this is where this road's going to lead it's like we get this sense of anxiety where we're expecting all of these bad things and we start to kind of look for the bad things well i want you to highlight deliberately the examples of the opposite just make a filter for all the times when things are much better or contradict what my expectations are sooner than i thought because there will be a lot more of these examples and if you choose to focus on them it alleviates your anxiety it basically debunks your anxiety so like for example let's say you're expecting you know life to go down the tubes with a certain relationship and that all it's going to catalyze all these negative experiences remember to pull out your highlighter your invisible highlighter it's in your hand and just wait for all of the things that contradict that expectation and just write them down. Mark them down on your phone or make a little note in a notebook. But, like, you will collect many examples. This is about just growing the opposite kind of filter than the one your brain has installed in it. The next tool I have for you I'm calling Activate. <laughs> Or be active. Be active. I like that one. So this is basically, I want you to just in the moments of hardship, focus on whatever you can affect, even if it's small. So look at the one tiny thing that is in your control and affect that thing. So when you can do that, you can alleviate the damage that this thing does to you. This is really key to processing what happens to you with a sense of serenity and control. So just whatever it is, remember to stay, just remind yourself, all I have to do is stay connected to my power. Do something. Even if it's totally unrelated to this thing, make something, anything better. Just by doing that and making that a focus, like it reduces the suffering you will experience dramatically. Even if it's like, you know, shampooing the carpets, no joke. Make something better. Be active in improving your immediate situation, whatever it is. Next tool, um, create the meaning. So this is kind of like a more of a reflective tool. So it, <laughs> I would say like in past the immediate moment of suffering and, and intensity, this is a project for you to do around whatever this event is or around whatever suffering this is. So when we can tell our story in the context of something bigger um, or like a legacy, 
or something more meaningful, it grows our sense of grounding in ourselves. So I want you to begin to invest in your personal legacy as though it were kind of this bigger, more meaningful story. So for example, um, like this event in your life and what you've had to overcome in like, let's say, the last 10 years, maybe connecting this to, you know, my family immigrated here and my parents had to go through this and this. And in order to get to this stage, they had to go through this, this, and this. And then because of that, I had, I had the opportunity to do X, Y, Z. And because of these limits, I had to overcome this event. Like create kind of like a much deeper and more meaningful context for yourself around whatever it is you're moving through. And that is how these things can take on, I guess, a much bigger life purpose kind of thing. Like, for example, for me, this, you know, so much of the hardship I've been through has become like my life's purpose in this forum. And this, this is like a part of my story. So it is really about like choosing whatever the most positive path for this chapter in your life and, and making that, sculpting that in a way that makes sense for you and honors you. The next tool I have for you, I'm calling the crude tools in the mud of the cave. <laughs> so this is kind of about the mental struggle, the narration, and the battling we do in our minds. Because comparison and analysis are kind of like the crude human tools we use in response to threat. However, they separate us from just feeling our feelings, which is just how it's, that's how we can actually move through something, by being in it, by passing it, by moving the pain through our bodies and, and accepting it. So the mental processes are our resistance to acceptance. So if you find yourself in the mental narration or the analysis of what was so terrible and so wrong and how victimized we were or the rumination over what this thing means and how screwed we are, I want you to just recognize these thought processes are the constructs that are our busy work. It's our way of attempting to create grounding in the face of intense pain. And what we have to do is really just step back from that process and try and just breathe into the pain and accept it. So that was a lot of tools. I hope those are helpful. And before I close, I want to thank, I have so many new fucking awesome sponsors. Makes me so happy. I want to thank all my latest sponsors, Jill, Joshua, Maureen, Lisa, Maria, Tim, and Beth. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, 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 so much. I'm so excited. And if anybody out there has the time or the means, I always appreciate your donations. Make me feel very valued. And before I close, I also have one announcement to all my one-on-one -on -one clients. I just want to remind everybody I'm taking a brief maternity leave from October 1st to January 1st. And also, also to listeners, but I'm not going to be gone. I'm just putting, I will be putting out content as soon as I'm physically able. So please don't go away. And 
if um, if you are in need of some words of support during that time. I have a shit ton of old episodes, so consider relooking through the, the OG records. And yes, the quality is terrible, and there are like helicopters in the background, but <laughs> it might tide you over. So, in closing, um, human connection and being seen and understood and heard and known is the greatest healing tool in all of resilience. Like, it's the greatest factor in someone's resilience. So we need that connection. And it can come from just about anyone. It doesn't have to be your perfect mom or your perfect best friend. So I would say just look for anyone who can see you, hear you, identify with you, understand you, and reach out. Reach out to anyone who is kind and supports your happiness. It can be a random person you don't know very well. So I just want you to highlight those people in your mind and be aggressive about reaching out. As a general rule for yourself, as you go through this week or this year or this life, look for the gifts. Look for the positives and look for the supporters. Highlight them. Pick them out. They are around you. Zero in on them and be relentless about spotting them, just labeling them in your mind. And know that these people are the truth of the world and they are everywhere. Like, you know, those people who, when you tell them a story about something that really was really hard for you, you can see them get physically pained for you and they, they look sad. Those are the types of people that you want to seek out. And there are millions of people like that who have full hearts and so much compassion to give those people who are present and they're full of love. But it takes effort to locate them and and make your filter pull them out by default if you aren't tuned to that as of now. So just make it a priority for yourself to remember when you spot kind of the kind, loving people. Because it's easy to only see the cold and the unseeing and, you know, the loneliness if that's where you are emotionally. And know that the darkest times of life, the worst pains, these are like the portals to great, amazing new growth and, and strength. These are the experiences that have the capacity to give amazing new depth in yourself. So this is where you can grow the most. And when you're in those moments of struggle, just remember this is going to gift you with something profound. It's not a curse. Even though it has so much pain, it's going to make you very strong. And like all things, this time will pass. It feels as though it will last forever and that it's the death sentence on your life and that it's too much. But it will fade and one day you will not think of this time. This is passing by now. And all you have to do is really just help yourself through the process a little bit at a time, and just lessening the pain where you can, breathing into it where you can. We all get blinded by the pain or the fear, and we feel like this is it. This is how it's going to be. But that is not so. You have no idea what the future will bring, but I can tell you with absolute certainty that it will be different than you expect, and that is a good thing. And I want to just throw a gentle reminder out there 
so much of our perspective is created by our blood glucose and like just literally our energy and our mood. So things, depending on that, those two factors, things are either doable or they're impossible. So just keep that top of mind. Where am I physically? Where, where's my body physically? And when you're in the shit of it, know that you don't have to do everything at once. You don't have to solve for everything at once. It's okay to put certain things on hold and just exist and survive. So if you're suffering right now, I want you to ask yourself today, this moment, how can I take a bit of pressure off of myself? How can I just take one thing off my plate? How can I just let myself off the hook a little bit and just exist and survive? So I hope this helps you in some way, and I send you my love. And don't forget to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.